Welcome everyone to the Rest Podcast, where our goal is to help each and every one of you displace confusion, chaos, and dis-ease in order to heal and find significance in life. I am your host, Natalie Williams, and I am here with the author of The Reconstitution Method for Healing and Rest, Virginia Dixon. Hi, Natalie. Hi, Virginia. With Father's Day around the corner, Virginia welcomes over Zoom mentor, leader, and entrepreneur Kelly Ewing to expound on the roles of men as the priest, provider, and protector of their home. Kelly, it is an honor to just have you discuss this very important topic with me. The reason I've asked you to be a guest today and to discuss what it is to be a man in the many roles that a man serves is because there's so much confusion, chaos, and dis-ease around this topic, perhaps more than we've experienced in our lifetime. Certainly not throughout history, but in our lifetime. And I've known you to be a person of utmost integrity with the capacity to speak truth and love without compromising what it is to be a man and to show strength and courage under very difficult circumstances. And I know for a fact that you have made difficult decisions when compelled by the truth of things that you observed and maybe other people didn't understand. And for that reason, you're here. So I want you to tell us a little bit about yourself. So our listening audience can have context for the things you're going to be discussing. Got it. Um, Well, first of all, thank you. It's an honor and privilege for me to be here, Virginia, and we hold you in such high regards. And let's see, for me, uh, my background is that I grew up mostly with a single mom situation and didn't really have that father figure in the household. And so I relied a lot on athletes and teachers and things like that to kind of be that example for me. And I was fortunate enough to, to meet a very successful entrepreneur when I was 18 years old. And he kind of got me on the path of entrepreneurship. And so then I stayed on that path and you know, there's a saying that says adversity introduces you to yourself. And as an entrepreneur, you will definitely go through different adversities and you got to first be tested so you can be trusted. Then later, my, my second mentor that came into my life was when I was 28 years old and I got led to the Lord through that association. And, you know, what I found out about the first mentor is yes, he did great financially, but at the expense of other things that I really valued, you know, he went through multiple marriages. He had no relationships with his children. I knew him six years. I met his kids three times, but he at least gave me uh, the courage to start my own business, the understanding of the value of, of being an owner and being willing to bet on yourself. But what happened was I started pursuing the wrong things. You know, I just started pursuing money and started pursuing success and And what I I realized later with my second mentor is success is really measured in impact and it's measured in change. It's not the size of your bank account, it's the size of your impact account. And then when I realized that all the power and all the strength came from God, I stopped striving and started abiding. You know, when I can abide in the Lord, then I just had endless amounts of strength I could push myself through, but it wasn't because of me. It was because of he who lives in me. And so at that particular time, I realized that my background, your adversity becomes your advantage. 
is when you overcome, you become. And when you become, it helps you, it equips you to help other people overcome that situation. So life's not happening to you, it's happening for you. And God can use every situation and adversity to be a, a seed of benefit in someone else's life. And so I just chose to, to push through adversity. I chose to, to really lean in and learn and grow. And there's a saying that, you know, Frederick Douglass said that, that it's easier to build strong children than to repair broken men. And so I started a program called ISI, Iron Sharpens Iron. I have this little thing that I'm wearing right now. I first started it because I had a challenge with staying focused and I had a challenge with, you know, thinking positive and being positive about situations. And so I, I developed a system where if I would think a negative thought, of course, the Bible says you take captive over your thoughts. And if you don't take captive over your thoughts, your thoughts take captive over you and they tend to throw you in the ditch, right? So anyways, when I would think of something negative, I would snap the, the band. And if, if negative about myself, my situation, because what was happening is I was putting everything on me and not putting it on God. You know, cast your cares upon the Lord. He sustained you. I was trying to sustain myself. So it was a, it was a training tool. And then I started really thinking about positive. And I, and I came from a positive lens where I could view the world as there's always a way. There's always a situation. There's always value. You know, the Bible says you count it all joy. And so I started looking at every situation and looking for the joy in that journey. And as I started pushing through that, that, that kind of helped me grow. And then as I pushed through that, then I could help other people with their struggle. And then with ISI, I developed a program where I wanted to teach people to be the, the guys, to be the priest, the provider, and the protector of their home. You know, the priest is you live based on a set of values, you're above reproach, that you can be trusted in that. And, you know, the Bible, of course, when someone goes into the priesthood, they have a higher calling, they have a, they have a higher standard, because you're going to affect so many people. And I think that so many people now are educated by the media, and instead of the Bible, instead of the truth, and even many of the people that, that can quote every scripture, they're not living it out, you know, so the Bible, of course, says be a doer of the word, not just a hearer of the word. And I think that you should be a living testimony and people should know um, that you're a Christian, not based on the fact you're telling them, but based on the fruit on your tree, you know, your love and the fruits of the spirit and, and your ability to serve and your ability to, to maintain the course through adversity and through difficulty, because you have a strength that nobody else has. And that should draw people to Christ because of that strength that he sees in you, that they see in you. And it draws people to men, to what it is to be a man. Before you expound on those other points, if I could make a comment, you and I attended a wedding the other day. It was my first and only wedding I officiated, but I talked about those three points in different words. Can you expound on that a little bit? And then I want you to get to the provider and the protector. But when you were just talking about a priest, I kept thinking about the band that holds a family together. The priest gives an account for the body, right? Yes. For the congregation, lays down his life. And of course, Christ modeled that. And that's what our deepest convictions are. But that's reflected in the institution of a family, the role of a man, the value of a woman, and the function of the whole thing. So can you talk about that a little bit in terms of priesthood? Because yeah. you have so many amazing things to say. I don't want people to miss the value of priest. It's beyond the religious context of what it is to be a priest. It's what it symbolizes. Yeah. And so, you know, obviously the Bible talks about love your wife like 
Christ loved the church and Christ ultimately died for the church. And I believe that leading my family, you know, that's the first thing that God has given me to steward is the responsibility that comes with, with being a man and, and leading your family. And you can't lead your family until you can lead yourself. Right. And so for me, it gives my wife great ability to trust me because I'm plugged into greater people. I'm plugged in with members of the, of the faith and, and, and are just strong spiritual giants. And so I would say, be careful following somebody who's not following somebody. And the ultimate person that we're following here is Christ. So this is the ability to live out that. And, and you know, I will tell you that being a husband and being a father and being a man has a lot to do with, with how you steward you know, what you have, you know, the key to happiness is not success. The key to success is happiness is that you got to choose to be happy with your role. And a lot of people, I think, take that responsibility as a negative thing. And it's a privilege to be called upon to lead, lead yourself, lead your family, lead your life. So that, you know, you told me many years ago that, you know, all power is in order, you know, and what happens with a lot of people is, you know, they say, you know, my my wife is treating me like her child or she's treating me like I'm she's treating me like she's my mother. And I go, that's because you're acting like her child. Would you repeat that? That is really profound. You know, there's a lot of guys that say that their wife is treating them like they're the mother, you know, they're the mother of that, that husband. And I said, that's because you're acting like their child. And, you know, it's about taking responsibility. It's about serving your wife. The greatest leaders are the greatest servers. And I think Jesus modeled that. So for me, leadership is a servant position. It's not a position to be served. And what happens is as you step into that true position that God has called you in, then I believe that that's ultimately what, what brings alignment in the family. And the problem with most people is they come alongside. And I think society teaches today, you know, you know there's no leader. Well, anything with two heads is in a circus, right? So you, you know, you got to get to the point where you're leading. And then when you play your role properly, guys, then your wife can play her role properly and all powers in that alignment. And then the best way to mentor is to model. So you're the model for your children. You're teaching them what it looks like to be a husband. You're teaching them what it looks like to be a father. And they say that your, your daughter will marry somebody like you and your son will treat his wife like you treat his mother. So this is a very important aspect to really look at your leadership role from a biblical perspective. And, and I think that the Bible says you renew your mind daily. And so to get to a point where you renew yourself and you, you, you know, you grow so that you can sow, that you can pour over, you know, that spiritual blessing and that peace and that understanding and that wisdom onto your children. But if you're not leading, then they're not going to follow correctly. They'll feel lost. This family system will slowly collapse. Right. What do right. you say to a man who's listening to you, who says, I'm tired, I'm weary, I've blown it. I don't even know where to start. I've had multiple business. I've been successful. I failed. Everything has slowly collapsed because my priorities weren't in order or I had an affair. I cheated on my wife or I've had, a, had problems with addictions. What do you say to a man who's listening to you who feels like their time passed? You know what? Your time has never passed. If there's one second that God can use you, he can move mountains. He can make miracles happen. And whatever you've gone through now, the fact that you're right now realizing that you're broken and you're lost is, is the first sign of fixing that situation because what you missed was God. 
And when you put God as the center of your life, everything around you is starting to is going to start coming into order because that's ultimately we're meant to follow Christ. We're followers of, of Jesus Christ. And, you know, I believe that that if you look at the Bible and look at who he chose to be great leaders, it was not people that had it all together. It was the broken. Remember, God came for the lost. He came for the broken. And there's a saying that says there's too many keepers of the aquarium and not enough fishermen of men. So you've got to just take on your role right now and realize that the Great Commission is that you, you go out and you become a fisherman of men, and then you disciple all nations. So you got to put yourself in a position where you can add value to other people, and you can use your brokenness to somehow repair or help other people. And there's nothing that fixes your situation better than pouring your heart into somebody else to realize that as, as bad as you think your situation is, there's other people with, wor with, a, with a worse situation. So just choose to serve and just start wherever you are. You blossom where you're planted. Your starting point is perfect. It's remember, it's you plus God. And that's more than enough in any situation. And I think what happens is people put themselves in such a high position. They think they need to be high. It's you plus God, which is always more than enough. That's right. And I think there's such value in everything you said, because behind perhaps the language of religiosity or doctrine, Christian doctrine, there is the principles that stand. And I think the fundamental principle that I was hearing and the things you were saying is if you're depressed, if you're discouraged, if you feel aimless as a man or feel like you don't have role models or you've blown it, there's that quiet, still voice inside that's telling you, I was meant for more than this. And even if you don't embrace the convictions, perhaps of the Christian faith, they're rooted in universal principles that speak to our natural affections. And I address that all the time. So I don't, I don't want anybody to miss what you're saying because they say, well, I'm not a Christian. Because if you really think about the things you just said, they're principles. Right. And I always say it's dangerous to medicate depression and anxiety too quickly because they have a function and they're putting us in a state of dis-ease. It says, perhaps there's things in my life that I need to change. The reason I'm in a state of depression, anxiety, or dis-ease, or I feel aimless as a man is because I was meant for more than this. I'm perhaps not operating within my capacities. Do you want to speak to that? Or I know, yeah, you, I know you see a lot of that because you also work with a lot of people that are not of the same conviction or beliefs, but it's the principles we want to emphasize that are universal. Yeah. You know, the principles are universal. They're constant and whatever area you apply them to the truth is the truth. And, right. you know, I think that for the person that really feels like that you are lost, um, you know, that that is the greatest starting point, like I said, because you got to know your starting point, you got to know it's it's danger when you don't feel like you need, you know, help that you think you can do it all on your own. And so what I would just tell you is, is if I was a person that that was at that point, which I've been at in my life, there's definitely times that I that I felt lost, is that I would really take the time to think about what you value in your life. And that, you know, the things that are really important, when you look back at your life, what are you going to value the most? And then I would reverse engineer your life and really start thinking about, you know, who do you know in your life 
that, that possesses the values that you believe to be the highest level values. And I would pursue a relationship with that person. And I would talk to them about what their journey looked like and how they developed their values. And what I believe is that, that once you get your values right, it's easy to make decisions. And, you know, Virginia talked about the word disease. Well, it means dis-ease, not at ease. And for me, my faith is what puts me at ease in tough situations. But, but if you put all yourself on your, um, you put all the pressures and the stresses and everything on yourself, then you're not going to be at ease. And I think that whatever you focus on, you make bigger. The problem is not the problem. The problem is your focus on the problem because you're amplifying it and you're making it bigger. And what I, I believe is you need to focus on the solution. And um, as you pour your heart into your cause and what you were ca called to, to do in your life, then your problems will become small and your vision will become big. And you mentioned lost. Well, you know, it's the Bible says, and if you're not a Christian, that's totally fine. I, I, I love you the same. We're good. We're all good. But it says that without a vision, you perish. You perish means doesn't mean you die. It means you live an undisciplined life. You know, you're all over the place because you don't have a vision for your life. And so what I would tell you is, is deciding what you really value in your life and understanding and developing a vision in your life. Then what happens is there's a saying that says a dog in the hunt doesn't know it has fleas. You know, you just start focusing on fulfilling God's role for your life. You start fulfilling the, the, the ability to impact other people. And what I would tell you is, is what I said earlier about focusing on money. Don't focus on making money. Focus on adding value to other people. Focus on serving other people. And as you add value to people, that's the, the true currency. And then what I find is money will chase you. You don't even have to worry about it, but you'll have the values to steward your time and steward your resources correctly because you want to be a river, not a reservoir. You want to be blessed so that you can bless other people. This is not all about accumulation. It's about impact. And that's what you can do in other people's lives. So just focus on serving other people and you watch how your, your challenges become small. And I think everything you said during this entire segment speaks to what it is to be a priest, the outpouring of self and the discipline that comes with it. It isn't just the religious connotation. Certainly there's a spiritual component to leading a family, a company organization, but I loved how you just expounded on that. Talk about being a provider a little bit. What are the challenges that men face today in providing? Well, first of all, I would say there's, there's, there's a saying that says, don't give your kids the things you wish you would have had growing up. Teach them the lessons you wish you would have learned growing up. And I think as a provider, sometimes you think that's about just about money. And what I will tell you is, is that it's more about serving your family, that, that leaders eat last. And it's about you taking whatever resources you have and, and putting yourself in a position to, to be the provider of your family, to take that role on and that responsibility on and not put that on somebody else, you know, but, but I'll just tell you, if I had to mow lawns, if I had to wash cars, if I had to eat humble pie, I would do whatever I could to provide for my family. And um, I just look at that as my role. And I think that there's a generation out there that doesn't understand work ethic. And I will tell you, that's a very core aspect is developing a strong work ethic. And there's a saying that says some millennials, they know how to post, but they don't know how to plow, you know, and when you put your hand to the plow, it's with a purpose and it's to provide for your family, to provide correctly. It's not about, you know, lavish things or anything like that. It's just about putting yourself in, in a position where 
where your house is protected because you not only created resources, you protected them so that when the challenges of life, you know, I teach uh, entrepreneurs that I coach and mentor, I teach them to have an emergency fund. And, you know, I talk about, you know, emergency fund is for emergencies, you know, it's not for stuff or whatever. It's just to protect your family so that when the storms of life hit your household, that you're strong, you know, and really preparing it, you know, but you, you've, you've got to have order of priorities. You know, if you're, if you're the provider of your family, you need to lead your family with a budget. You need to make wise choices. And it's important that, that your wives guys, that they know what you're doing, you know, that you, you work with them and, and together you guys understand, you know, where you're going as a family. I was initially more successful in business and less successful as a husband as a fa- and as a father. And it was easier for me. Business is easy for me. I've been an entrepreneur since I was 18. I'm 54. So that's easy. Being a father, being a husband was much more difficult for me. And the things that I'm teaching you right now are things that I learned. I gave my, my children stuff maybe sooner than I should have or nicer than I should have. And really taking the time to, to walk out the lessons of life. And, and, you know, you mentioned where somebody has already made all these mistakes. Well, now I get to sow into other people's lives and I get to teach them if I were you and I had a, had a child, this is the kind of path that I would go. And, you know, mentorship is about perspective. It's not permission. It's not management. But you get to earn their trust. Trust is the bridge that can bear the weight of the truth. And so as someone trusts you, they'll allow you to lead them. And, and for me, I take my role as a provider seriously. And I find that a lot of people don't. It's amazing. You know what the average age of an Xbox or gamer is, Virginia? Like a person no, that plays games. No idea. It's 37. <gasps> it's, 37. Getting older. it's getting older and older. It is. So, so I say, guys, you need to spend less time playing Call of Duty and more time answering the Call of Duty. And the Call of Duty is to lead your family. Wow. Because it leads to the final point you mentioned. And that is protector. They won't feel protected if you are that fragmented. If you're fragmented, your family will not feel protected because the band, we talk often about the role of a man as being like, and and you know, I mentioned this quite a bit, the, the rim, the trim of a wagon wheel. Catherine Dang introduced that concept to me years ago and the woman kind of being the hub. But when a man is distracted with technology, which I think is the most toxic addiction that we're facing in this generation is the addiction to technology. Yeah. I think it trumps drug addiction and pornography addiction. It so disconnects them from everything. And there's cracks in that rim and the family suffers the consequences of it. Right. The, the structure of the family system collapses on itself. Have you made that observation or? Absolutely. I Absolutely. I, I think that, that um, to be that, that protector, then you got to protect your mind. And what happens with technology is it's an instant hit, you know, it releases dopamine in your brain and it gets so addictive. You know, my generation People had to go to a liquor cabinet or they had to go to whatever, or even pornography, they had to go to a magazine or whatever. So, so it was a little bit more protected. Now it's instant access to anything and, and video games release the same dopamine as pornography. And so it gets addictive. And what I really believe is 
I want to expand that to technology, TikTok, <laughs> online games of any kind, just the technology. It does stimulate that pleasure center and the dopamine destroys us. It does. It does. And then what happens is because there's diminishing marginal return in terms of the dopamine, they tend to go more and more and more to try and get that same level of return. And pretty soon they're just trapped and they get addicted. They're up all night till two and three and four in the morning. Yeah. You know, if you, if you take leading your family seriously, then you're preparing for battle the next day. You're fighting for your family. And if you stay up all night playing games, you're not going to give your best the next day. And so what I will tell you is as, as a husband and as a, as a father, success favors the prepared and preparation causes separation. So for me, my morning routine starts my day out, right? The morning routine starts the, the night before. And so what are the most important things that you value? You know, if you don't have scheduled time, I call it time blocking. If you don't time block what's important to you, then everything else is going to, you're going to live based on other people's priorities for you instead of your own. So I would just encourage you to, to set up a, you know, a morning routine that, that looks at the areas you value. It looks at your spiritual life. It looks at your health. It looks at your priorities for the day. I would say you should start out with an appreciation list. You know, you can't be grateful and, and frustrated at the same time. So make a list of all the, the things that you're grateful for in your life and start out the day with, with gratefulness. And then I believe, you know, to affirm, to have affirmations, you know, I am statements, I'm confident, I'm powerful, I'm strong, you know, I lead myself and, and, and being a leader is a very intentional position. And what I talk about with the entrepreneurs that I coach and I mentor is that you got to get you right. And then everything else starts working out right. And that means you live on based on those values. So as we talk about that protector, most guys think it's just physical, but it's not, it's spiritual, it's emotional protection. And, you know, when you provide that safe place, guys, for your wife, your family will thrive. And she's not going to feel safe if you're spending all that time. And then how are you going to, if you're spending all night playing video games or something or watching Netflix or whatever you're doing, then what's going to happen is you're not investing that time into your relationship. And, you know, I used to say that Netflix lowers net worth. It's not the occasional movie. It's the addictive type aspect. In fact, it's interesting, uh, Virginia, if you look at Netflix, if a drug dealer moves into a new area, they talk about the first hit is free because they want to get that person addicted. Well, Netflix, the first month is free. So they get you addicted to watching those movies and pretty soon that takes over. So if you just have to constantly be entertained, then you're going to minimize your ability to impact. And I will just tell you that when you have a vision for your life, you'll, lead, you'll need less television. You know, it's that you develop that vision for your life and you, and you stay the course. And guys, we need men right now to step up. We need men to lead themselves and lead their family. We need men to, to not do what feels right, but what is right. And if you're hearing this right now and you have the privilege and honor of being connected to Virginia, I'm going to call you. I'm not calling you out. I'm calling you up. I'm calling you up to step into your greatness as a man, to step in your greatness as a husband, and as a father, and to take that role the most serious in your life. And all this other stuff will become less important. And when you have your values in line, your vertical alignment, correct, all powers in alignment. I mean, if, you're, if I was trying to lift a weight and I was off like this, I'd be out of alignment. So you need a, an adjustment and you need to really think about what's important to you and what you value in your life. And then you need to architect your day 
so that you, you invest your time and you invest your resources into what you value most. And what happens with a lot of people is they get so easily distracted because the average person can stay focused for three minutes and it takes you 11 minutes to get refocused. And you think you can multitask, you can't multitask, that's called switching. You're continuously switching your brain. And they did a study and the study showed that a person is less effective when they're multitasking than when they're stoned. Now I'm not telling you to go get stoned. I'm telling you to yeah. stay focused. So that was another reason for me, if they had ADD and ADHD when I was growing up, I would have been on the poster. So when I get off track, when I decide that I'm gonna do something based on my values, I make those choices. As, as soon as I get distracted, I snap this. Well, in the beginning, Virginia, this was like a musical instrument. But you know, I was snapping it all the time because I was so easily distracted. But it was something that I was able over time to focus on and develop that muscle of focus, develop that muscle of staying on track with what's important in my life. And it wasn't instant. It took time, just like it takes time to build a muscle for your bicep or anything. It's going to take time to build that mental focus. But if you start out the day right, and you spend your time in the word or whatever you value in your life, and you spend that time with, with the things that you're grateful for and appreciation, your heart will be prepared to go out and serve other. And, and you need to grow so that you can sow. You know, you get yourself right so that you can pour out over into other people. So good. I could just listen to you forever. Thank you so much for sharing all that. I am so thankful you broke those components down the priest the provider and the protector so rich i am certain this is going to be transformative in the life of thousands of people that listen to our podcast before we close you said something really compelling to me a few weeks ago when we were at the wedding you said men need three things Yes. So it, it came initially from, it came from John Eldridge's book, Wild at Heart. And it really, for me, stirred my soul when I listened to it, because I get the opportunity to coach and mentor entrepreneurs. And so, you know, teaching these guys and says, you need, you need a battle to fight. You need an adventure to live and you need a beauty to rescue. And what happens is when you rescue that beauty, you fight the battle together. And what I tell guys is the the, the more you fight for your wife, the less you fight with your wife. And as you're developing these things of what you're doing as a family and you go out there and fight and be that protector and be that, you know, you, you need that battle to fight. You need to fight something that is worthwhile. It needs to be worthwhile. It needs to impact other people. It's not just about making money like we talked about. And you need an adventure to live. There's so many lives. People are boring. They're boring. I mean, come on, guys, where's the excitement? Where's the, they've come to the mundane and just every day is, is just same old, same old. And I will just tell you, guys, stay in the courting stage of your marriage, your relationship, you know, pursue your wife, a beauty to rescue. You need to always pursue. And what happens with a lot of people is the Bible says you're never a prophet in your own land. You know, well, what happens is people get to the point where they take people for granted. And they miss the value that they once saw. And so I would just tell you guys, find the value in, in how special the relationship is with your wife. Look at down deep into her soul and, and, and go back to why you pursued her. And if you have any relationship challenges, you can't change her, but you can change yourself. 
And as you change yourself, you realize that everything else around you changes. And so for me, it's an honor and privilege for me to be married to Darcy. She's amazing. I married up in a gigantic way. There's no question about that, that she's the greatest blessing in my life. And she is beautiful it, and amazing inside and out. Yeah. And so I get, we get to, and we get to build something together and that's the, the adventure to live that every day is an adventure. And so just find the wonder, be always stay curious in your life, you know, curious and, and pursuing and, and seek to understand. And as you get to that point where I'm like curious, George, without the bike, you know, always mm -hmm. asking questions, always learning, always wanting to grow. And so if you get to that point and you, you, you have those three things, guys, you're on your way. And then just focus on taking those three things and adding value to other people. Plug into incredible people like Virginia. But remember, you know, it, it, it's application is the mother of learning. So take this podcast, take the other things that you're, you learn from Virginia and figure out how you're going to apply those in your life. And then when you apply those in your life, you learn. And then eventually when you master it, you teach other people. When you teach other people, the gift multiplies. Wow. And that's what it's all about. And just listening to you, it just gave me goosebumps. We certainly have plenty of battles that we need men to show up in a mighty way. And boy, if life and the things we're dealing with nationally often talk about healing the hemorrhaging heart of our generation, boy, that's an adventure if there ever was one. And yeah. women have an enormous amount of power but everything that is beautiful and sacred and powerful about a woman has been desecrated in so many ways. And I can't think of anything more effective than a man showing up with the character and the attributes and the vulnerability, because I've also known you to be very vulnerable in your own shortcomings and just very honest in your own brokenness and that is so compelling to a woman because meekness has nothing to do with weakness right. and there's no meekness without vulnerability. So I, I just think as I take account of everything you just spoke of, it's going to require all of it, right? Yeah. It's, it's, you know, the, the battle to fight, you're fighting for your family. And I think that, that that is the biggest attack we have on society today. It's not a nuclear attack. It's a battle on the family. Is if they can divide these families, then, you know, they divide and conquer. And so it is critically important that you, you know, guys, look at your marriage, look at your relationship as something you're going to fight for. It's intentional. Read great books on marriage. Be around people with great marriages. I say, if you're the sharpest person in your group, you need a new group. Well, if, if for me, I want to learn from people that have been married longer than me, you know, and learn from their wisdom. How, how do they keep for me, how do they keep that family together? How do they hold hands when they're in their 60s and, and find the joy and the love in each other? And, you know, I will never not be a father. I will never not be a husband because I'm 100% all in and committed. And to me, that, that is an honor and privilege to do that. But so many people in society today, they give up too easily. And they look good on the outside, but it's the inside that's the challenge. And so I believe that your success in your life is an inside out game. And it's not easy. The word success, first three letters spell suck, right? You're going to have to go through the adversity in your marriage and your family and your business and whatever it is you do, you're going to have to go through that. When you push through the, 
that that part of it, you get to the success part. And the success part really is about who you become through it, not what you get from it. So continue to work on growing yourself and you'll realize how God's going to use you in a mighty way. And that's the total truth. But I can't end this segment without congratulating you. Tell everybody. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we are, are honored to, to announce that we have our first grandchild. We have Bo James Brackey, 10 pounds, two ounces, big baby. And so our daughter Tate and our son, uh, son-in-law Brandon, they're going to be incredible parents. And this is a new chapter for our life, Virginia, that, uh, it to, be, is. to be a grandparent. And we, we welcome this chapter. We've loved every chapter. You know, people go, are you going to love being a grandparent or a parent? I love them all, you know, and I'm not, I'm just in the beginning stages, but I'm just saying that I'm excited about being a grandparent. I'm excited about being a parent, but this is the new next chapter of our life. And we're embracing it with excitement. And fortunately we put ourselves in a position where Darcy could be there. So she's been around the clock staying at the hospital now, and then she's going to go live with our daughter for a week or so just to make sure that they get started right. And I'm actually puppy sitting, believe it or not. So uh, <laughs> I have a little, little Bentley right below me. It's so special. And I want you to know what an honor it is to have you as a guest discussing what it is to be a man and the challenges of being a man in this day and age. And we're welcoming a new man into the Ewing family. So yes. it's so, so special. Thank you so much for all the wisdom you've imparted to us. You mentioned a few mentoring groups that you started and you're a part of, and I would like to make that available to our listening audience. How would people get in touch with this mentoring group? I think the best way would be to, to email me at Kelly, K-E-L-L-Y at intoresults.com. It's letter N, number two, results, plural, dot com. And based on their situation, I might be able to add value to them on their journey. And I find out where somebody wants to go and maybe what they're struggling with now or what their challenges are. I, I might be able to point them in the right direction or, or, or help them personally, depending on the situation. But but just send me an email and, you know, whether we, we, we partner in life or not, guys, just know that, uh, that I love and appreciate every single one of you. I know that it's not easy to be a man. I know it's not easy to be a husband or a father, but we get to do it. And it's an honor and a privilege to step into that role. And I'm just telling you that I look forward to learning from you, not just adding value to you and just be a lifelong learner and stay plugged into people like Virginia and God will use you in an amazing way. God bless you. Thank God you. bless you. Thanks, Virginia. For updates about rest and this podcast, please visit our Instagram or Facebook, The Place of Rest. If you'd like more information about Virginia or to support and join the cause of rest, please go to virginiadixon.com forward slash collaborate or call 949-289-5935. Thank you for listening to Rest with Virginia Dixon. We'll see you next Friday. Thank you.